Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Game of Your Life, that celebrates all things nerdy, nostalgic, and most importantly, my favorite medium, video games. This week, we got Peter Hall on the episode. Pete, how you doing? How's it going, man? Dude, I'm happy to have you here in the studio, the second in-studio guest. It's an honor and a pleasure. <laughs> so yeah, I actually, we met through, I think through Phil Sutton, right? And uh, I took a risk doing your podcast, because <laughs> whenever anyone asks you to do a podcast out of the blue, it's like this could be a waste of an afternoon or it could be a fun time. I think that by very virtue of me asking you, it, you must know it's a good podcast already. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, it is ego at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, if he wants me on the pod, maybe uh, he must have good taste. Yeah, I'd seen you do a couple um, yeah, a couple comedy nights, one in Atherton and then a couple in Manchester. I was like, i got to get this guy on for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Atherton. That's such a weird... <laughs> that's a place. Yeah, dude. Those places, it's like... Out of your head the second you The guy that invented the maglev technology is from Atherton. What's maglev? Like the uh, magnetic levitation train, you know, super high. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. They should just call that whole town maglev, dude, I just know, out of honor. Ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, dude, I'm glad you're... So you're doing... You're sort of ending your podcast now, you were telling me, or going on hiatus? Yeah, I guess so. So you were on uh, halfway through the whole... Um, you know, bank of episodes on episode 50 there. At episode 100, I think I'll probably wrap it up because you must know by now it's it's a ball ache to be doing pods, like one a, a week. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I consider it, I almost consider it part of the workload of comedy now. Like, you just have to have one to be a comedian. But, like, you're not a comedian, which is like... So why am I doing yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> not, not that you have to be to do a podcast, but it is sort of like, yeah, I, I always wondered, is it just like a passion project or a hobby or... A hundred percent. Yeah. I think I just feel it's, it's my favorite just chatting to people. <laughs> so I know everyone's like, I love friends and movies and pizza. It's just like everyone likes chatting to people. But I think for me, uh, as we get older, I, I felt you increasingly have less opportunity to hang out and chat with people all the time. So I was just making an extra opportunity to connect with people and chat you know make it an mm. excuse to do that yeah it's almost like i find the same thing with the podcast like i'm i'm it's doing a mundane thing i would like to do anyway and sort of making it productive in a sense yeah. making it seem that way so like at the end of the day we just had a couple beers and chatted shit it was good times yeah you wouldn't need the camera but like yeah we got an episode out of it too so that's fun uh so you're a big video game guy growing up no way <laughs> really no yeah i mean I did disclose this to you when uh, we were talking about me potentially coming on, but um, I'm definitely not um, a video game guy at all. Never really was. Obviously, when you're a, a kid, you just rinse out a few games. So there was a few games that I, you know, religiously played all the time, but it never really was more than four or five games. I think I checked out after PS2 was like my final console. Damn, that's crazy. But like, yeah, you're right. There are like everyone's played super mario 64 for instance or whichever yeah and everyone's played the one we're going to talk about later um but so what was your did you even have a system growing up or was it sort of like i started friends were into it um i think we had an atari in the house Mm. so i played some atari um damn that is old school yeah how old are you by the way 30 30 okay so i'm still a year older so that was like you know black and white games are like populous and shit we were playing on <laughs> yeah populous damn. I, think, I think there was a noddy game mm-hmm. did, you, did you have noddy in canada uh we didn't but i'm aware who he is just this weird little elf gimp mm. so <laughs> yeah we'd play some of that game there was i, I think maybe missed out all snares and stuff didn't 
didn't have that. Damn, dude, that's why you're not a video game guy. Yeah, I think we it's just like used you it. topped out at Atari, and you're like, this shit sucks. Well, we were poor. We we had nothing but a, a wooden ring to roll down the street where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, well, damn, that is a no, no, not depressing. Obviously, people not playing video games isn't depressing, but. Um, for me, it was like my whole childhood, so it's funny when I meet people where that wasn't the Weirdly, case. Weirdly, I think I definitely played on other people's consoles or, or observed people playing video. Like, I'd go around to my friend's house and watch him play Final Fantasy, and that was like mm. my entertainment back then. And then um, I'd watch people play get on Game Boy games, and then we had this thing at school where I would play Game Boy games in real life. Like, let's play, and then I would name a Game Boy game, and then we would so sort of, like, act it out. <laughs> like like you're trying to play Tetris, and you're all just shaping yeah. together into pieces. <laughs> that's it. Something like that. Yeah. That's funny, man. Like, because, yeah, that's the thing. I wanted to focus in on Game Boy specifically, because this is obviously probably the most groundbreaking game on the Game Boy. I agree. And uh, did you have one of those growing up at all? I had the little original Game Boy. The um, big clunky brick yeah, that the, took like four batteries. Yeah. Um, then we had Game Boy Colors pretty soon after, I think. Mm. They're um, so sleek. So much better. Ridiculously good, man. And then it came with all the accessories. You could get the little magnifying lens and the light and stuff. I don't know if that was I, the original game. I had, uh, yeah, the light. Where it's literally like your parents' worst nightmare. It's like yeah. you're meant to go to bed, but you got this light now. Well, because otherwise, do you, uh, even on the Game Boy Color, there was no light up screen. So if you were ever trying mm. to play like in the back of the car, on a, and you'd have to wait for street lights to go past and then quickly make a move and then wait for the next one. Yeah, completely. You, you couldn't even have a Pokemon use Flash because that way. <laughs> Like, if you were to do that in real life, it'd be pretty handy, you know? Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say about Game Boys? That's uh, gone. No, I had all those accessories, all that shit. Yeah. Like, the, the link cable. And I only had it for Pokemon. Like, most of that stuff was Same. just... I, I only had Pokemon as a game, and then afterwards, I think I added maybe Super Mario, um, and then maybe Tetris, you know, just like the the big games mm -hmm. afterwards, but it was just, for, it was my Pokemon machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same here. And were they ever banned from your school and shit like that? What was the poker fever like? The poker fever, yeah. I, I mean, I know you already spoke to Manion on the first episode of this pod about mm -hmm. um, Pokemon, but yeah, it, it was a, this unprecedented phenomenon across the, and I remember like parents often saying like that you guys you need to relax on the pokemon a little bit like i think i remember people like adults becoming scared that kids were too into they've never seen any kid get into anything as much as every kid in the country was into pokemon in like 1997 98 mm, no it was not i remember at my soccer practice uh we like were told we weren't allowed to bring our game boys or pokemon cards or anything yeah. because like they're like, dude, you have to come here an hour a week. We're just practicing soccer. Like, you're not here to talk about Pokemon with yeah, your friends. It, it took over all our lives, man. I, I must have wasted seven or eight birthday wishes in a row wishing that Pokemon was real. Like, it, it, lasted, <laughs> it lasted for a while as well. Yeah, man. I remember my parent, my dad was just exploiting me for labor. Like, he'd be like, if you rake and bag all the leaves in the front yard, I'll get you one booster pack of Pokemon <laughs> yeah, cards. Yeah, that's what we had. It's like five ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, for like it, three hours of work. It never got banned, though. Um, we had... For some reason, uh, well, for obvious reasons, Beyblade was banned. Right, yeah, that because, makes sense. Because, you know, people were getting injured, but Pokemon wasn't injuring anyone. So that, that was the threshold, I think. It's like, if it's not injuring, if it's only injuring their mental capacities and attention, then it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm self-conscious because you brought up the Mannion episode. It was his first episode of this podcast. Uh, and I'm scared I'm going to do a ton of retread 
on shit that I said then. Because Pokemon, I think I said this in the first one, Pokemon was definitely banned from my school. Yeah. Because at one point, uh, me and my buddies would, like, go in on this big wall that overlaid the soccer field, and we were chucking down our extra cards. So everyone has, like, 20 diglets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you'd chuck down a diglet, and, like, third and second year kids were just, like, beating each other <laughs> to get these cards. And after that, it was like, okay, no more Pokemon allowed <laughs> in school. Great. But it's because I, I, it's the three-pronged thing. It was the anime, it was the game, it was the cards, all at once. It was, like, impossible to avoid. Yeah, we were getting flanked by Pokemon as a as a brand. Just, mm. on, a, ev- just on every side, beleaguered and beset. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think out of those things, the game is my favorite. And I think it's the one that holds up the most, too. Not to talk about it too much, but, like, the anime, if you try watch it back now, is a pretty shitty TV show. Yeah, I mean, you're and you're a spectator to the world if you watch the anime, whereas you are a participant if you play the game, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's about doing it rather than just, like, watching it. Yeah, well, and it's funny because the anime is, like, loosely, or the game is loosely based off the anime. Like, it's a lot of the same characters, and, like, the gym leaders especially is when I notice it most. I'm not clued up on whether one um, came before the other, and and then it must mean that whichever came second is sort of a marketing thing for the first one. Do you know which came? No, it's funny. I mean, this is the second episode I'm doing, and I (laughs) never thought to look that up. Uh, I'm pretty sure the game came first only because i know the anime yeah. starts off with like a battle yeah that's from the game the opening yeah, game sequence true. and the game had been in production since 91 i don't know if we want to get into this later on in the episode but the game had been in like in development hell for five or six years before it came out so right i think the game came first yeah that makes sense to me actually and it's like it's always funny because things i'm pretty sure it came out in a year earlier in japan mm. so like Poker Fever was probably building over there before we'd ever heard of it. And by the time the game was ready to come over here, they were already like, okay, let's get this whole thing going. Let's yeah. get this industry on its feet. Oh, man. And by, like you said, by 96, 97, it was just the biggest thing ever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're beating around the bush here. We might as well just get right fucking into it. Uh, so, Peter Hall, this is the game of your life. Pokemon Blue, a 1996 monster-collecting RPG developed by Game Freak, released by Nintendo, they went on to receive huge critical success, specifically for the multiplayer function, and it often gets referred to as one of the best games ever. They also released Pokemon Yellow in 1999, and uh, uh, collectively, this first generation of games helped put the Game Boy on the map as a viable console. Um, So yeah, I already asked for your setup, all that shit, but here's my big question. Have you ever caught them all? Did you ever get every Pokemon? Um, legitimately or by cheating well how do you mean cheating oh you mean the, the yeah I would I would glitch and I would sort of mm. I would trade but not in an organic way like with friends like oh let me trade you my matchhook so we can evolve you know it was it was always just after I'd finished playing gen 1 and like years later I would just trade back Pokemon that I'd, was specifically just to fill out the Pokedex and yeah but did you so you you achieved it though. I mean, technically, I've filled out the Pokedex, but I never did it in the way that the game int- developers would you say, have intended. You sound like a drug cheat who has to give back his <laughs> Olympic medals. It's like, yeah, I did not do it the right way. Yeah. 
I never did it though, and I always wanted that. I know there's like a scene at the end where you go to meet the developers like in mm -hmm. the game, which like who gives a shit at the end of the day? But yeah, as a the, kid, I'm like, dude, the prize was oh, here's a thing you can print out if you buy more Pokemon merch, a little <laughs> Pokemon printer, and you could print out a little certificate. Oh right, I for, dude, I totally forgot the Game Boy had that little printer. Yeah, phone. they did so much weird shit with the Game Boy where it's like no one was they asking had a for any webcam. of this. They sold a tiny little camera you could take pictures of you and your friends and print them out on the Pokemon printer. Mm -hmm. Remember this? Yeah, yeah. And there was a SNES game where you could like plug the uh, Game Boy games into yeah. it and play. There was a ton of cool shit actually. Um, yeah, I never caught them all. Uh, I, I I struggle with thinking is like is the point of the game to do that or no? It's just to be the elite for it or catch Mewtwo maybe. Well, I'd make little B missions for myself sometimes and be like, I have to have caught this many Pokemon by the time I defeat the Elite Four because you could you could probably get to the very end of beating the, your rival in the Elite Four and have maybe 21 Pokemon. Mm. So it's like, then you've got to go around in this world. There's nothing else left to do except catch Pokemon. It's pretty dull. Mm. So I think unless you've set off to uh, with it in your mind that you're going to collect as many pokemon as you can then i mean there's not it, it, it is sort of a b mission i think it's not the the true goal of the game yeah i will say this game like uh i'm, I'm sure just because it was the first one they sort of fucked it up and then they rectified it in the later ones but you you finish this game you beat the elite four your team's probably all around level 60 mm -hmm. and then there's just nothing left to do after that in yeah. post game other than go to that one cave and catch mewtwo yeah. Which, again, once you got them, there's nothing to do with them, really. So there's, like, yeah, there's no post-game to speak of in a game that seems, like, made to have post-game, almost. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was probably they were relying on people wanting to trade and wanting to get into, like, oh, let's battle each other now with our level 70, level 80 Pokemon, but mm. it was just over, wasn't it? I, I would just immediately start again. I know everyone... To this day, you ask people and they still have their old cartridges that mm. they'll replace the batteries into to like save all their Pokemon that they loved as a, as a child. But I just immediately would start again and choose a different theme and you know, be like, oh, this time I'm going to only have fire Pokemon. Or mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I've, I've done stuff like that too, like specialized runs. Um, yeah, because I'm the same way. Like battling almost didn't work because it's like I'm never going to have a friend who's also got Pokemon like level 54 to 57 yeah like one of us is either going to be 10 levels higher or lower than the other and then it's yeah. not competitive anymore well i used to um pride myself if i've if ever we did get into a battle on having the slightly under leveled pokemon but that would like i just understood the move sets a little mm -hmm. differently or <clears throat> I'd, I'd stat all the pokemon up because you could level up pretty quick with rare candies or you know if you're evolving your pokemon the the level that they can evolve so if you go level 16 Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, level 32 straight into Venusaur. Your Venusaur is not going to be as good as mine is if I never level up, stat up all my Pokemon, mm -hmm. get max stats and then evolve. So I think, yeah, it, although you might not lev like level up at the same rate as your friends, you could still... Like, uh, yeah, you could trounce people that were higher levels than you for sure. Right. Yeah, I love it. I think... Battling was never really the selling point of this game for me anyway, and if you are into that, I think Pokemon Stadium a few years later, like, oh, big time. sort of put that to rest, like, if it's just how that game's meant to be played battle-wise. But did you have any uh, Poke Myths, I, I think they were called? Like, myths about this game, 
before we had the internet to dispel them that like friends would tell you or we go around school oh yeah i should have thought some of these beforehand obviously there's the famous the, the mew i know you spoke about this one already the one michael had no idea what the fuck i was talking about in the last episode oh, i tried i, I spent a good I, i'm gonna say maybe spent 30 hours cumulatively trying to that truck to move somehow and then there was like it has to be a level 100 nido king that is able to move it oh this was one of you had that yeah. oh i never got like that's just mean man is someone putting out false information just to waste I kids know. time i mean why was the truck there though yeah because that is explain the, the myth to the people that don't know yeah real quick so uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm just assuming anyone who would seek out a podcast like this does know, <laughs> but there's that cruise ship you go on, the SSN, at one point, and if you do things in a different order and get traded a Pokemon that has an ability that you haven't been able to acquire yet through storyline, I think you get it on the ship. You can go there ahead of time before you're supposed to. You can also faint while you're on the ship before you get off it so you can complete the cut mission to get cut off the captain mm -hmm. make sure that one of your pokemon is poisoned which is what i did and then just walk around till you faint and then it doesn't leave so you can keep it there oh wow yeah oh that's a well, i wish i knew that trick I, le I legitimately remember like buying a trade cable to trade myself <laughs> a pokemon that had cut already by any means jordan and so anyway and you also have to find surf which doesn't happen until way later like you have to really uh, leapfrog parts of the game mm -hmm. and then when you surf in that area where the boat's meant to be and go to the side there's a truck there and it's like obviously a truck even with these graphics and the rumor i had always heard is that if you use strength on the truck it'll move and there'd be a mew underneath that attacks you yeah and then you capture the mew and yeah i went through all this bullshit got to the truck pushed it and nothing it doesn't move even crushing it just says nothing happens and so like i don't know man there's got to be a, i'd love to know you the could, reason you could get mew um by i can't remember how it was done now but it was something to do with nugget bridge you know like where you would fight the five trainers and the rocket guy yeah it's a glitch thing i it's specifically this one trainer that it sees you on the far side of the screen and you have to do like a certain walking pattern yeah and the next random encounter depending on how you walked will be it's just a randomly generated Pokemon by code. Yeah. And so someone found out the, the code to get Mew. Sorry. And I actually did that once. Yeah, I managed it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And Mew's badass. Like, I just love that it can learn any type of move from any thing. So I gave it, like, Ice Beam, Earthquake, Fire Blast. Like, Fire Blast. Yeah. The low PP. The lo <laughs> I'm not, not rocking with Fire Blast. Wow. I never enjoyed it. It's so strong, though. It burns them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good move. Did it have full accuracy fire blast i don't remember i think so unless no, I'm not sure. i remember they used to fuck us over with like blizzard not having full accuracy mm -hmm. and i thought fire blast maybe was the same but it's just the low pp i can't i can't be doing that yeah well i don't 10 at least you Come save on. the pp ups for those you know yeah but then you can only go to eight if it's got five pp really it just goes it caps? If you give it one it goes six then seven then eight so if you've got um, high PP to start with like tackle you give it a PP up and it like doubles the PP no oh, really but if it's got low PP it can only max out at 8 oh, which shit. is still terrible mm. yeah that is pretty bad the poker myth that got me someone told me if you level up a magic carp to level 50 and don't let it evolve the whole time like you know how you have to block the evolution yeah. if you get it to level 50 and then then let it evolve at level 50 it turns into a golden Gyarados Ooh. which for some reason I just had to have and I did the whole thing, and Magikarp just knows Splash, so you'd have to open battles oh. with him, and then trade in another Pokemon. I did that all the way to level 50. That is rough. And then nothing happened. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's move right on uh, into the story and the characters on this one, which I always like to start with. I feel like everything was purposely streamlined. I think Nintendo could have done a way deeper, like more in-depth story. And I don't think it was necessary. It's sort of like, like I even said, I'm not even totally sure what the main objective of the game is. Well, I think they sort of made it to be super simple because it's for kids, isn't it? But it, I think they kept the the sort of sporting theme throughout. So it's like you're a trainer, there's a league, there's a championship, all this type mm. of thing. You can catch them all. Yeah, so I, I think they just tried to make it you know, easy enough to discern where it is that you're taking steps forward and not too like vague and you can go like different routes to you know either you are beating the gym leaders or you're not completing the game mm-hmm. you know what I mean? yeah that is the that is the thing like it's the most definitive part is when you beat the elite four and then afterwards your rival is the final battle gary yeah. the piece of shit gary <laughs> and uh what did you used to call your rival oh just all sorts of stuff like i remember my friend and I named him Bitch once, and then when Oak's like, get out of here, bitch, we just, <laughs> just die, dude. The yeah, whole house so came good. down. Yeah, that's great. It's, uh, always kills. Um, but yeah, no, I like what I mean by that is, so Team Rocket's sort of a thing throughout, and you end up dismantling Team Rocket sort of from the ground up throughout the game. Yeah. And they're almost like, Giovanni's almost the lead antagonist, yeah. storyline-wise, but he's not the final boss. Uh, it's not like it would almost make sense if after Lance he fought Giovanni or something. Yeah, that would make Maybe sense. Maybe he was trying to like co-op to the Elite Four or something. Yeah. Um, but it turns but out I, again, it's like it's too much um, convolution for a child to understand. I think because obviously, without going too far on a tangent on the Gen Two, I think they were aiming at the same audience that had enjoyed Gen One, but that had aged up a little bit. So you could start to include a bit more. Um, complicated storyline darker stuff that they would understand then but I don't think anyone would have understood it back then yeah like Giovanni doesn't have any motivations he's just like a bad guy Team Rocket I always used to laugh at even as like a 7 year old I was like these are cartoon characters you know say we're evil (laughs) yeah yeah and there's no real like even plan when they steal the Pokemon it's like they're just like there to steal Pokemon uh, but yeah, so the other characters of note in this game, Professor Oak gives you your first Pokemon. Good lad. Thanks, buddy. Uh, it is. And he gives you a unique Pokemon, mm. which sort of reinforces this idea that you are the chosen, what you are like the best guy in this world where everyone, no matter who you talk to, they're all talking about Pokemon, mm-hmm. whether they're a trainer or not. And so Pokemon is just this like unprecedented level of interest from everyone in the whole world and then you're the best guy at that by the end of the game and from from early on he just sees this like glimmer of potential in you for some reason and then gives you this unique pokemon mm-hmm. that no one else gets like you don't have to start with the pidgey or the rata yeah i never thought about that the whole world is sort of built around like like even the jobs if they're not trainers like you're a nurse who heals pokemon yeah. you sell items like pokeballs like, yeah Everything is just revolved around. No one's around. like, oh, I don't really get into Pokemon much. Like, no one says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just a builder. I still, be- I bet all those jobs got wiped out. Actually, it's like, why hire a human when you can have a fucking Machamp? Yeah. Well, they do. They do that in the game. I think there are like Pokemon that help with building. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's that one in uh, the third city where Lieutenant Surge is, and there's just that empty plot that like yeah. a Machoke's like lifting yeah. lumber on. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, who else is there, really? I think that's all of them. Lance is sort of the... I, I mean, I like all the gym leaders. I think 
they all have their unique sort of yeah look and i love how all the gyms are sort of unique too it sort of like matches the theme of like like i know in sabrina's a psychic one you have to figure out like the warp pad oh you can just go up and down that was the that was the skip through for that. Really? If you just go up, down, up, down, up, down, you'll get to her without battling anyone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So if you want for a speed run, that's what you want to do, I think. Mm. Well, then there's Kogo, where like there's the invisible path throughout the gym. Yeah. You got to like hit the guys one yeah, by one by one. Cool. Yeah. So I, I just it's, like that they built like mini games into the gym. It's though. a shame that on some of the gyms you can just get to the city, burn through the gym real quick, and then bounce. Mm-hmm. Whereas some cities you have to spend some time in the city go to the gym and then figure out like oh i'm not going to be able to even fight the gym leader yet i have to go and do this other thing or yeah yeah there's like side quests built into the different cities which i think is like interesting with a lot of them but then there's also cities like lavender town where there just is no gym and if you remember that whole city is like centered around the like pokemon graveyard essentially yeah yeah the tower and there's like a ghost of a, a marowak that's like haunting it basically and i think the name rater is there as well Mm. oh yeah so uh, if you've made a mistake early on and you're like why did i do this or you know maybe it's a i don't know oh you can't change the name of a traded pokemon can you no they don't let you which is annoying because there's certain ones you can only get through a trade in game yeah and for some reason the game is like nicknamed them like that's the only way to get far-fetched but then you can breed it get your own far-fetched with you as the original trainer name it what you like right can you do that in blue and red Oh shit, you can't, can you? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you're stuck with that shitty Farfetch forever. Oh no. And it is funny because, I mean, you can try to change your Pokemon's names, but your rival will always be Bitch or whatever you decided to name. I really didn't like it when people would nickname their Pokemon really disrespectful names. I had friends that would just call all their Pokemon just like, you know, weak, as if they hate the Pokemon. Like, these are your (laughs) friends, man. You should be... These are your your best your best buds. Mm. You know, lucky you could call it just like a something that you would name your dog, right? You don't name it like wet flannel or like piss head or something. <laughs> well, I would always just stick with the original names, just because it, once you caught a few, it would get complicated. It's not like the little uh, what do you call it? Like avatar of them is very telling. Yeah, there's about seven avatars in the game. It's just one of these. But <laughs> I, I used to say on these little B games that I would invent for myself or I go, oh, on this run through, I'm just going to be called Trainer and then have like two Geodudes and an Onyx or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what, sometimes I would go, okay, all the Pokemon are just going to get called whatever the Pokemon is called. Some of them, it'd be like one of them gets a cool nickname. So like I'll get a ride on and he'll be called like Horny Boy or whatever. <laughs> and then on someone's, I would nickname the whole squad a themed thing so they'd all be you know whatever uh, famous wrestlers or right you know what i mean or like all superheroes that uh, and then try and get a pokemon that's close to i'm gonna have like the justice league so then you'd get the macho can call it superman or you'd get right I mean? yeah yeah, yeah. No, so you're almost you, like you uh, can add to the themed playthrough by getting pokemon that sort of match a theme and then nickname them all the thing yeah, you're adding, like, your own layer of role-play on top of it, yeah, almost, yeah. which is... It's funny, because I never considered this a role-playing game growing up. It's almost, like, its own thing. Like, I added in Monster Collecting or RPG, because it's technically, like, the first of its kind. Yeah. Uh, but now you see more and more of them. Well, there was, it wasn't really a big thing back then. I don't know how, whether you're going to get into any of, like, the little factoids or trivia about it, but I remember um, there were no huge games that come out on the Game Boy Color 
by the time it was like 1997 I think mm -hmm. so Tetris Super, uh, Super Mario and stuff were a good few years before and to put that into perspective on the next Game Boy I think it was the uh, it was the Game Boy Advance that came after that uh, yeah they didn't even do games for seven years the final game for the Game Boy Advance was six years after the Game Boy Advance came out really so it was like old the Game Boy by the time Pokemon came out and there'd been like these little RPG sort of monster collect games and stuff but it reinvented it in a way that and especially after all the development issues and it came out with game freak which had had no games it was like this unknown quantity so i think it was just this like huge gamble and mm. if you'd have bet on it at the time you would have bet any money that this is just going to be an awful game that tanks immediately right and then they reinvented the genre and or not even reinvented, like I said, invented. There, invented, There had yeah. never been a game where you're going around collecting monsters before this. And every, uh, yeah, all game, a load of games have ripped it off since. But then, mm -hmm. especially all the Pokemon games since, are just trying to, like, chase that dragon from Gen 1, I think, still now. Yeah. Because Gen 2 is obviously sort of a superior game, mm -hmm. but it is, um, it could never have existed without Gen 1. It's harder to make Gen 1 from scratch than it is to just fix the bugs in Gen 1 and make Gen 2. Yeah, and one is just, it feels more pure too, like, I, I, it just is, it is the original experience, you know, it is yeah. the thing that made us all fall in love. And I think how simple it is makes it, um, there's something about, I think you've talked about this and, and had an analogy with comedy before, where comedy is like a game in that it's, it's this easy, um, well, not easy, but there's a simple make everyone laugh and then you get the immediate like feedback of the laugh mm -hmm. and it's almost like a video game in, in that respect yeah. where it's just it's life is difficult you don't know what you're meant to do and what should be counted as a win or a loss but then if you have this simple you know um clearly delineated parameters of either stand-up comedy or a video game then you can you can know what is a win and what is a loss far more easy mm -hmm. and it's simple to yeah, it becomes binary yeah and I, and I think that's why Gen 1 is now, for me, superior to all succeeding Pokemon games. Is because they're all like trying to get closer and closer to reality and there's crazy colours and all sorts of shit going on. And Gen 1's just like, bleep, 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 bleep. Mm. You know, just like up, down, left, right. Yeah, it is what it is. And, the, and we were saying before, like, the show recorded, like, this is a very flawed game. And we'll get into that here in a sec with the gameplay. But at the time, it wasn't flawed. At the time, or I mean it was, but you would never have noticed. It wasn't what anyone was thinking about. You're not like, oh man, Psychic is a really overpowered, like, like no one gave a shit. It's like, this just is what the game is. Yeah. And we're also all playing by the same rules. So, like, all your friends, it's not like you had to be the bug type guy and I had to be the Psychic type yeah. guy. It's like, we can all get, that's why everyone shows up to the battles with a lot of the same Pokemon, but... It is what it is. And I think it even makes it maybe more fun that some of the moves don't do what they say they're going to do. And, mm -hmm. and you're like, there's little bugs with critical hit ratio and, and you're like, rage never works. And, and there's shit that goes wrong in the game. But I think that makes it feel more how it would feel if you did Pokemon in real life. Yeah. Right? Because if you just learn all the rules and everything works perfectly, then there's just going to be one way to play the game. But because the game sort of fucks you over sometimes, that that is what happens in real life. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's funny because, before we get into the gameplay, actually, which, which is your go-to starter usually? Um, Bulbasaur. Really? Without question, yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say that the types of... Uh, I never pick Bulbasaur, even though he's my favorite of the three, like looking. Oh, yeah? Because he's part poison when you turn to Venusaur. Yeah. And at, like I said earlier, Psychic's the most overpowered and annihilated time. by everyone so if you pick Bulbasaur. Everyone has a Psychic. So yeah, I would always just 
reluctantly go with Charmander because mm-hmm. Charizard's sort of the strongest final, even though the first two gyms are motherfuckers. It's a slog, yeah. Yeah. Well, how would you beat Brock and Misty if you had Charmander? What would you do? I do. It's just grinding. It, it's a, it's a flaw of the game. I think is like the first. If you choose Charmander, you're locked into this path where none of the Pokemon you can catch before you fight Brock are strong against Rock. You can get Pidgey, Rattata. I think maybe you want to go um, Butterfree and try and get that confusion. That's, yeah. That's how you beat Brock. I think for the most part. Did you ever? I, I would do ones like. Try and get a Charizard before I get to Pewter City. <laughs> I, I've done runs like that, yeah. Uh, I know I said this on Michael's, but I have one where I just got a Pidgey and only focused on the Pidgey. Like, I didn't use any other just Pokemon. Just a few, like, HM whole Slaves. Game. Yeah, and just starts, yeah, HM Slaves. <laughs> I'd never heard that. Oh, I would do ones, uh, this, I only realized you could do this, um, uh, you know, later in like, as an adult, really. So I never did it when I was a kid. I was like, no, how could you? It wasn't even like an option to me. But I would just bin my starter Pokemon immediately mm-hmm. and then just roll with a different Pokemon as my starter Pokemon and treat it like my starter. So I'd have a, a real hench raticate by the end. <laughs> this was my starter. <laughs> yeah, because I would always, like, the thing I liked on replays of this game is the different runs. I would bin the starter too because I'm like, well, I know all these already. I'm like, yeah, oh, there's some I don't know out there still. I want to see how, how like an Exeggutor at level 60 looks or whatever. Yeah. When I know a Charizard, everyone has one. I've seen it. Um, but yeah, let's get into the gameplay here. Sure. So you're given 151 Pokemon to collect. Well, I guess 150. Muse never really. Although, no, the entry's not even in the Pokedex until you get one, I think. Um, and it's a really brilliant marketing strategy these fuckers came up with because... They released both red and blue at the same time, both full price games, and the only way to get all 150, like they leave like 10 Pokemon off red and put them on blue, and they leave 10 off blue and put them on red. Yeah. So you gotta either know people or you gotta have two Game Boys. <laughs> and it's barely a different game. Like you, sh- you can't buy both games and it be worth the money. No. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Like all this, everything is the same except for missing Pokemon. Um, in yellow, they updated a. A few things, like, uh, I remember Team Rocket is actually Jesse and James instead of, like... Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. they modeled it after the anime a bit closer, and you got the Pikachu we, following Were you a red it. version guy? Uh, I started on Yellow, believe it or not. Wow. So, yeah, I, uh, because I was born in 1990, so I don't think I had a Game Boy in, like, 96 when these came out. And then my big birthday gift that year was, like, the uh, customized Pikachu Game Boy Color with Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. It was a big deal. Uh, but I'd gone back and played blue, like I as a teenager. Or it must whatever. feel like just a sad version of yellow, the red and blue versions now. Uh, it it's in a way I don't know though, because Pikachu, I mean I'm not so connected to the anime that it didn't annoy me that I couldn't like evolve my Pikachu or whatever. Yeah. Like you're you're saddled with the again even even weaker Pokemon to start with against Brock, <laughs> yeah, like fucking cool. lightning type, and then you can't ever evolve it, so you just got like a really strong Pikachu. It's just like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I prefer blue or red, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so the party, you get a party of six Pokemon you can walk around with. Each of them has four moves. Again, it's just simple, streamlined. I bet they could do more moves or let you have ten, but it would get to be too much. I think, like, having your six feels like that's the squad, you know? Yeah. And I always love when it's like, every squad has a weak link, so someone's always on the bubble of getting replaced if I come across a better Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, yeah, they all have their own elements, like we were saying. The obvious, I think the starters are good, because it sort of shows you in the most simplistic form, like rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Like, obviously, fire burns grass. Grass 
takes out water, water puts out fire. Yeah. Um, but then the more they add to it, I think there's 16 in total in the first one. Types. I, yeah, I could be off on that. And some of them are just so fucking wacky and unbalanced, man. Like, like I brought up Psychic already, but there's Dragon, which is like... Not in Gen 1, I don't think. No, it is, but it's is only it? it's only Dragonite. Dragonite, Dragonair, and Dratini. Damn. And, yeah, Dragons are only weak to Ice or Dragon. And then there's also, like, only four or five Pokemon in the game that learn Ice moves anyway. So it's like... You can, like you can buy Ice Beam at uh, Celadon the store and sell it on though right mm-hmm. and I feel like everyone can learn it like ne- fucking Needle Queen can learn Ice Beam yeah that's true too Snorlax can learn Ice Beam <laughs> well I bet like I didn't even realize like I thought Bug would have been a type 2 entry because I know there's a Bug gym leader in number two, and they definitely beef up Bug yeah but it's like it's such a weak element in this game that it's I, you wonder why they even introduce it and they make it seem so cool because it's so difficult to catch like a Pinsir or a Scyther or you can go and buy them uh, you know the, the coin corner or whatever it's called the game mm-hmm. corner but if you get those pokemon they're just trash pokemon well the and the weirder part is they don't even learn bug moves yeah like naturally so there's, there's no same type uh, same type attack bonus for those pokemon mm. like one of the three bug moves in this game is a twin needle which is only learned by Beedrill, who has, it's sort of sick that he has a signature move but it's yeah. like well at the same time why would i ever make a bug team it would basically just be to be to try fuck over psychic types. I think bee drills and shit like that are just for kids who, you know, they just caught one early and then they just develop a sentimental attachment to either their Caterpie, their Weedle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can have, like, it's like any Pokemon. If you level it up from the ground up, the, almost everything in this game can be a badass. Like you said, eradicate I or I whatever. I don't know, dude. I try to run where I picked all the lowest stat Pokemon. So a Caterpie, a uh, you know whatever I I don't even know what the lowest stat ones are you know Oddish or whatever yeah. just try and beat the Elite Four with six horrific like the worst very worst Pokemon and no matter how much you level them up and what moves they get uh, they get their stats never come up really yeah it, it's they're just not fast enough or hit hard enough no matter how high you level them mm-hmm. yeah I guess what I meant more meant is like at level eighty everyone looks like a badass. But you're right, you need to, like, know what Pokemon to pick. Because, like, there's six that will always lose. So If you have a level 100 Clefairy and I have, like, a level 50, you know, Alakazam. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to annihilate you every time. For sure, for sure. Uh, And and exploration is, like, a big part of this game, which I love. Because it is, it's it's strange. This game is linear for portions, like, completely on-rails linear. Like, from getting from Pewter City to Cerulean City early on it's just one path through a cave you got to do it but then there's other parts where after the third gym you can pretty much go to four different towns from there it like opens up into a non-linear game and it's weird because you can you can go so far off track thinking that you are like you're just following the game where it's wanting wanting you to go that you can get like too high level for gyms that you've missed and then go back mm-hmm. and just like just roll over a gym yeah i remember when i was really young i skipped lieutenant surge just because mm. i realized you could and i wanted to see what would happen and nothing happens it's just you eventually have to do that to get to the elite four yeah so i remember that was the last one i had left before elite four and you just walk in and fucking wipe them like <laughs> one hit kills throughout man but it's funny because um like pokemon is presented as such a kid friendly uh positive thing but if you actually look at what it is, even as they present it, it's such a dark, fucked up thing. It's cockfighting. Yeah, it's cockfighting. It's slavery. It's like you're you're 
uh, sending kids on a mission to catch them all. Yeah. And then they're kept in a box for most of it. It's like the six that you come with are allowed out sometimes, but the rest I, of them are... I would never keep them in the PC. I thought that was unethical, and I would release them. Really? Yeah, once I caught it, if I'm not going to use it, I would release it. Catch and release. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, but it is just so funny, because it's never... Obviously, Nintendo's never going to joke around with that, but there's so many, like, parody to be made of how fucked up it is. It's super fucked up. And like you said, in Silver and Gold, they do get into darker themes, like with this cutting off slowpoke tails yeah. and shit like that. Um... <laughs> I love in this game that the exploration actually pays off dividends. There's side dungeons to do. Like, you don't ever have to get to the abandoned power plant that Zapdos lives in. And I'm sure a lot of people skip it the first few times they play. Yeah. Uh, same ditto with the cave where you find Articuno. And even that, like, just having legendary Pokemon throughout as sort of your reward is, like, it's really cool. Like, I love the lore behind those birds, like... Yeah. Apparently, did you know Articuno's meant to be like a bad omen for any travelers? Like, you've gotten to somewhere too cold, and like, they, whenever you see one, it's like, oh, fuck, That's this nice. isn't good. Stuff like that. I've... Yeah, the legendaries were cool. I wonder if they, you know, were like, we need some legendaries. All right, pick some, because they come right at the end of the Pokedex there. I don't know if. Mm -hmm. Oh, I th I'm sure I read originally there were going to be different legendaries. Really? Yeah. Well, who knows? They could have just thrown those into the second gen. It could have been the three dogs that you... Yeah, maybe. You end up finding. Um, because I think Mew was meant to be in this game originally. I mean, the code's there for a reason. Yeah. It was like a last-minute cut, it sounds like. Uh, so, yeah. There's... I knew, if you if you check out Venonat, looks like it should evolve into Butterfree. Mm-hmm, I've seen check, that. And I think it's Metapod and Caterpie look a lot more like Venomoth. So mm. I think there was someone at the end just went, swap them around. Right. Which would have been weird because Venomoth's actually, like, decent as mm -hmm. a Pokemon and Butterfree's just, like, a waste of a slot. So I would imagine they would have, like, proportionally raised and lowered the stats and made Butterfree this, like, you know... Bad motherfucker. Yeah. But it's funny because Venomoth's a perfect example of, like, that could have been a top-tier bug type and for some reason it's a fucking psychic. Like, as if psychic needed another, like... Just, and it's just an average psychic Pokemon. Yeah. But it would have been the best bug Pokemon. Yeah. Do you think this game's challenging overall? Or, like, how do you consider... If you if someone asks you, is this a tough game? Compared to, like, Sword and Shield or compared to, like, Dark Souls or... Just as a game, like, as a as an average game. Like, do you have trouble at all when you're playing it? I, or do you... Mo most of the time when I got to the Elite Four, and it could be because I was often creating these little B missions for myself... I would get killed and and have to, I wouldn't I wouldn't just walk through the elite four. Yeah, I don't remember ever being able to just walk through the elite. Other than there's certain members like yeah. the fighting guy. It's yeah. like, well, I have a psychic, so. But yeah, I think the first few runs where you don't know the elite four, you don't know what to bring with you to kill the elite four. Mm -hmm. I think you know you end up getting to. And the first, Lorelei's, like, difficult. I think She's, like, the hardest of the Elite Four, I think. Well, because, again, I mean, I feel like I'm beating a drum here, but the, she's the psychic type, right? Oh, no, she's uh, the ice, ice type. yeah, the first oh, one. Yeah. I, Agatha was the one with the ghost guys. The ghosts, right. Now, I, I loved, first of all, just as a concept, the Elite Four is so fucking cool. Like, the name is great. The yeah. fact that they all had their own, like, arena, like, little arena room. Yeah. And it's just their own custom types. And then the fact that Lance is meant to be this dragon trainer, but as I brought up, there's only one dragon type in the game. Yeah. And granted, he has two of them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Doesn't he have two Dragonites? He has and two Dragonites. One's like 50, level 55, and he's such a motherfucker, and you think like the worst is over. 
And then his last Pokemon is like a level 60 Yeah, the Dragonite. first time you play where you're just throwing everything, you're spending all your items, and you're just like, if I can just get this guy, I don't know what he's got next, but if I can just fuck this Dragonite over. Mm. And then another one comes out. At a higher level. Ugh. And you're like, fuck. But he's it's such a good battle, too, because because of the lack of Dragon types, his his roster is very diverse, and yeah, those those diverse battles, just like Gary's, they're actually the best in the game. Because the other, I think one of the least challenging things is once you get to know this game, you know exactly what you need to beat every gym leader. You can do them all pretty much with one Pokemon. Yeah. With the right move set. Um, whereas like uh, games where, like I said with Lance, you got to fight an Aerodactyl, then a Gyarados, then a Charizard, then two Dragonites. The Dragonites, the trick I found as I got older was exploiting the fact that um, you know non-player character trainers tended to try and use the stab moves. So. Um, Dragonites would use agility if you had a Pokemon that Psychic was good against, but it's a non-damaging move. Right. So if you had any Pokemon that um, you know Psychic was good against, he would just use agility again and again, and you could use that time to like heal all your Pokemon up. And right. Yeah. One problem I have with the battling in this game and Pokemon in general is that it's so reliant on speed. Like mm. speed is so far and away the the dominant stat in this game. Yeah. Because like I said, when it's when someone's weak to something you got, in most cases on high levels, even if it's like a level 60 guy, it's a one-hit kill. Yep. So if you go speed, it's like that thing of hit hit first and hit hard. Yeah. You put out most Pokemon with the one. So I would always get a Jolteon, because he's like the fastest in the game. Yeah. And just give it like a few powerful moves. I never did when I was a kid. I, I only went for damaging moves when I was a kid and just hoped that I was fastest, right? I didn't even mm -hmm. think about the stats too much. I was just like, this attack does loads of damage. Mm -hmm. And then as I got older, I was like, wait a minute. If you just start whatever Pokemon you have out at the beginning, if it's just like strong enough to take a couple of hits, but you've got, um, what was the move where you, it's like their accuracy lowers, double team. Oh, so yeah. every Pokemon can learn double team and you can buy the TM. So you just give all your Pokemon double team and and then hope that they like miss. Mm. And then you just go double team, rrr, rrr, heal up a little bit. And then you can just keep that Pokemon out and no one's going to be able to hit it if you do six double teams in a row. My, my buddy had a like level 99 muck that gave him, gives me PTSD for that. Yeah, minimize. He, yeah, minimize, minimize, minimize. And then sand attack, sand attack. Sand and, then attack. He, and then he'd just start fucking you up. <laughs> toxic as well, if it's got toxic. Oh, yeah. Tox I love toxic even more than poison pin or whatever. Yeah. Because toxic, like, the the damage expands upon itself. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it doubles every time. Unless they switch out and switch back, then mm. it just becomes normal poison. Really? But, yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, toxic doesn't do any damage. Fuck that. And just, like, throw it away. Yeah. But I think every po loads of Pokemon can learn it. Mm. Maybe every single Pokemon, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, Toxic's a, a bad a bad lad move. Yeah, and man, I will say too, when it comes to the battling, it's... Oh man, what was I just going to say? It was in my head. Um, oh yeah, there's so many moves in this that it's just total bullshit. Like, if, if you wanted to be a cheap motherfucker, like Fire Spin, or Rat, oh, or Bind... Get out of here with that. And I mean, they never even... I think they fixed it in every game after this. But it's literally, if you have a fast Pokemon that can use Bind... It lasts two to five turns, and no one can make a move while it's happening. So you and your buddy are just sitting there pressing A, and it says the attack continues, the attack continues. And then if you're faster, as soon as it ends, you can just wrap them There's up no again. There's satisfaction in that, though. You asked if the game's difficult, and if you're doing things like that, it's going to be easy. I think you can make the game more difficult, and it makes it more rewarding, which is why you come up with the little B missions and... 
mm-hmm. and like you try and oh I'm gonna try and beat the entire Elite Four without having any of my Pokemon faint once or you know you have little games like yeah. that yeah you have to add your own challenges for sure and it is one of those where like a lot of games the more you know it the easier it gets yeah. like we we have like an encyclopedic knowledge of it you know where I'm sure if some kid played it for the first time they'd have a way tougher time with it yeah um, but yeah, let's move on here. Um, I love the whole map, how it's designed. It's like a big circle, and the Elite Four is always just right there in the middle of it, but you just can't go there at first. Yeah. And the the satisfaction you get from going from Cinnabar Island and swimming all the way back up to your opening town, and you're like, oh, that's where that little fucking lake at the bottom is. Yeah. Got. Like, I love that. And it, how, how, like you know succinct at did, all did you go town map at the beginning did you grab the town map i always forgot at first yeah does your mom give it to you uh i think it's your rival's sister because she's trying to bang a thing so she like gives, <laughs> gives you this town map she wants you obviously because you're her rivals <laughs> well your brother's right well it's either she has either has to shag your family or her family there's only two houses in that town isn't there? So <laughs> yeah you're the only viable mate yeah, there's only two houses, and there's only, like, three buildings, and one of them is Professor Oak's, like, laboratory. Yeah, she can get uh, sexual misconducted by Professor Oak, or, you know, <laughs> you're sort of in a similar age range to her. Yeah, it's so funny how much of a non-character your mom is, by the way. She's literally like, see ya, like, there's no, it never comes up again in the game. Good luck, nine-year-old son, going yeah. out into the world across the entire country on your own. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll see you if you come back. Uh, but yeah, I love that. I love uh, the different modes of transport in this game. Like, when you get your bike, that just feels like, fuck yeah, dude. We're going so much uh, faster. When now. you start a new game and you start walking and you forget that you just used to bike it everywhere before. <laughs> like, oh, I just can't wait till I get the bike, though. Mm. I hated it. Sometimes you'd see someone else playing Pokemon and they'd have the, the text speed on slow. I was like, are you a fucking savage? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Do you have all the time in the world? Uh, I like that one area, too, where it's like, I didn't realize for years that it's meant to be a giant downward hill, because it's just a 2D game on a Game Boy. Oh, yeah. So, But you need your bike to go there, Yeah. and you're just riding, and if you if you don't press anything, you're just going downhill. Yeah, I'll try to ride up it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that shit's funny. Uh, one thing I don't really like about this game is the cave exploration and shit. I yeah. found the encounter rate was so high. Although what I will say for this game that any RPG can take notes with this is repel is such a useful item. Yeah. When you're like, I just need to get to point A to point B. I'm not even getting any experience anymore from these. So you use repel and you can walk like 500 steps without Awful. an encounter. Especially when, so I used to just try and do, um, was it, it wasn't Mount Moon, it was the one after, like Rock Tunnel, mm. where you need flash to get through it. But yeah. I'd be like, I'm not wasting. I'm not wasting a slot on one of my precious Pokemon with lame move. Although I changed my mind on that later on because it's like sand attack, isn't it? Flash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I used to try and do rock tunnel without flash, which is fine if you've got repel because then you can sort of just go through it and then you know where the trainers are and stuff. Mm. But you really lose your place if there's random encounters while you're trying to do it in pitch black. Like you're never gonna do it. I've definitely done that too. Well, it's so annoying about the HMs because they're set moves and then you can't get rid of them. I think you have to find like a move forgetter or whatever. Not on Gen 1, you can't get rid of HMs. Really? I don't even think there is a move forgetter on Gen 1. I'm not sure if Oh, there is. fuck. I love these dudes, the name raider and the move forgetter. It's like literally their whole name and identity. <laughs> <laughs> but like HMs, if they're useful, I don't really mind as much. Surf's great. What a great water move. Mm. Cut. Trash. Dog shit. It's not even grass, I don't think. I think it's a normal attack. Yeah, normal type. It yeah. does like 30 or 40 damage. It's like tackle. You would never use it. It's like, hey, do you want tackle that 
you can never get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Yeah, like you said, the term HM slave rings so true. Yeah. You just get the bell sprout, teach it cut, and then fuck it off after you've got past where you need cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, this game was obviously designed as a multiplayer thing. I saw an online video where someone called it like, it's a, a social experiment masquerading as a single player RPG. Cause he, and he said, especially before the internet, it's like, you got all your information about this from people. Mm. Like we would all go home and play all night and then you'd all congregate and like literally trade Pokemon, but you'd also trade information and be like, how do I get that? Where do I go? And they actually literally had Pokemon that would only evolve when you traded them. Yeah. Which again, those, they were really shamelessly like, Hey, you're not just buying this game if you want to fully complete it. Like, you have to buy three things. Did you ever have anyone, um, yeah, yeah, we'll trade. Uh, and then you go, you put trade right back, yeah? Because that's my Pokemon. They'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is it like lunchtime's over now? We have to go back into class. Yeah. Like, did you ever have that? <laughs> no, I think that was my biggest nightmare, but no one actually ever tried it. Because that would be a fist fight. That's like... Oh, big time. You'd, you'd have to fight if, that, if they were to like, pull that. Oh, this is my matchup now. Yeah. And I, it just, it's such a weird function. It's like, I understand it, but it also seems like a cash grab, sort of. Like, I don't know. I didn't like the whole trading to evolve. And then, like you said, they can't, you can't change their name after and shit. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of cool, but not everyone's got the same uh, quality standards for their naming of their Pokemon. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's true. Not like, like you. All lowercase. <laughs> not, not acceptable. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, well, let's move on to the graphics and the sound in this game. Sure. It's one of those things where there's not much to say. It's all just iconic, like the the battle music, the fucking... Dude, I had the battle music as my ringtone for ages, mm. which you'd be surprised how many people you wouldn't think would know Pokemon, and then your phone just goes off in public, and it's like... <laughs> and everyone's like... Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, the graphics are in that beautiful zone of, like, it was too old to be bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks retro and cool now. Yeah. Where it's like, if this was to come out on the PlayStation 1, it would probably look like shit. That's what I'm talking about with the newer Pokemon games. They're, like, trying to get, you know, realistic water with reflections in it or something. I just want those stupid black and white zigzag. Mm. That's the most annoying part about those games is, like, Okay, you made it look as beautiful as Breath of the Wild, but it's still not half the game the original one was. It's, it really isn't. The new ones really are not. Yeah, I, I got sent it. My buddy Josh C. sent me Pokemon Shield on Switch. Mm -hmm. Just and He was like, dude, just try it. It's horrible. Like, just to show me how bad it was. I got bats like one gym leader. And like the whole gimmick is like, oh, you can change your clothes now. Or your Pokemon can get like gigantic in battle like a giant bird. I'm like, this sucks. This all sucks. I mean, I did change my clothes and look at what every Pokemon looks like giant for sure. But <laughs> just the game is, uh, and there's a fine line. In the first game, you're like an overpowered god by the end of it. And you mm -hmm. sort of are all the way through the game because everyone's just got like three Pokemon. They don't know how to use them. Like the stats are probably all like crushed down so that there's no chance any of these trainers can really give you any problems. And th But... It, so it feels great that you're just the best guy in the first game. Mm -hmm. But there are challenges. Some gym leaders will beat you up or your rival will, will kill you if, if you're not training, you know, if you're not grinding. Whereas Sword and Shield, all the way through, it's just, it's too much. They're just giving experience away. They're just like, hey, here's $500 just mm. for no reason. You could literally just hold the up stick and press A and you'll get through the end of the game. Yeah, I, it really feels like it's aimed at little kids, which is a poor understanding of 
the market for Pokemon because mm-hmm. we're the market for Pokemon. <laughs> Make yeah. it for us. Yeah, kids it is. don't want a new Pokemon game. It reminds me of like like Harry Potter when it was coming out. It hit so big with like twelve year olds or whatever, ten to twelve. But by the late game, late books, like six or seven, they're like proper novels that are super dark and yeah. like have all these fucked up themes. Because she's like, oh yeah, it's been. 12 years since I wrote that first one. So obviously the fans have grown up a bit. Yeah. Pokemon has none of that, man. And I would take, I love a beautiful game. Don't get me wrong. It does look nice, but none of that matters when the game's no fun. I'd play Pokemon Blue a million times over that. And like I said, Pokemon doesn't look like shit, but it's nothing special either. This It's sort of, I think with shitty graphics games, not saying it was shitty for the time, but games, you know, where the graphics don't look as realistic as now. It exists in this space where if you were to read a book, you imagine the things going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Whereas a movie, it's like you're just being shown what it looks like. On the new games, you're just being shown what it looks like. Where, as and I don't know if everyone else did this, I would picture the battles Mm -hmm. rather than just look at what it looks like on the Game Boy screen. I would imagine the, the battle as it would look in real life or as it would look on the cartoon, which I don't think you would do on the new ones because it looks more close to... Yeah, they uh, do it for you. Yeah. Um, I will say maybe the biggest... I don't know about the biggest strength, but one of the biggest strengths of this game is just the design of the Pokemon. Like, they really fucking nailed it like 150 times out of the park. I mean, there are, there are a couple lackluster ones where like, oh, it's just a rat, okay. <laughs> but most of them are like great you know and they don't have to be so complicated yeah, the new ones are out of control man it's like oh trubbish or yeah this, this pokemon is just a receipt for a pair of trainers or like what, what it's ridiculous pokemon. Well, and that's something else this guy mentioned in the video was like the fact that that like they're rooted in animal we already know and like like a pikachu it's sort of like a mouse but it's a lightning mouse or whatever mm-hmm. or like a zubat obviously but the fact that it's rooted sort of makes it more easy to digest, makes yeah. it more like you were in immediately. Every single Pokemon on the early one, and I don't think it's biased because it's like a, a nostalgia wank for us, mm. but I feel like every Pokemon is strong enough to be uh, a brand on its own, like a, a logo. Like a Pikachu. Yeah, every, every single Pokemon is like a Pikachu, I think, in the, in the original mm. 150. And I don't know why it's not that now. I don't know what it is or if we're just not young enough so it doesn't seem cool to us anymore, but... I've, yeah, I feel like, yeah, every single Pokemon was had more time put into the design of it. Imagine Ash Ketchum starts with, like, a Grimer, and he has, has to go through, like, this pile of shit. Like, <laughs> and, no, but I agree, man. They just, they all have this, uh, this like, unique look to them. It's like, they all had time put into them. It's really interesting. And it was our first exposure, I think, when we were young, to anime, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Like, anime sensibilities and those types of designs. Yeah, it's funny because... Like, when I became a teenager or whatever, people would be getting into anime in high school. And they're like, well, do you watch anime? Or I'd ask people, they watch anime? And they'd be like, well, I guess, like, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I never considered that stuff anime just because it was on cable television. Yeah. uh, And I'd watch it right after The Simpsons or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, it definitely was my first exposure to, like, Japanese anime. Yeah, just, you know, even just... uh, And it was quite westernized anyway, I think. But the, the little things were... The backgrounds would just be, whoosh, whoosh, you know, the lines flying past. Like the little <laughs> yeah. tricks that anime uses. Mm. Definitely our first exposure to it. Or the when someone's embarrassed or bummed out and they get the big drop, like the yeah. teardrop behind their head. Yeah, like, <laughs> or every time Brock saw a woman and like 
just all yeah, the could, shit that could we you got. Ride on? that today? <laughs> no, dude. Dude, Brock is canceled 100. Yeah. percent He's not He's welcome. A sweet guy though. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for graphics. I mean, oh, and I love all the noises that um, in the Game Boy version specifically. Whenever you like open their Pokedex thing, you get to hear their individual their cries their cries yeah and it's funny man i nothing like the cartoon cries as well no i remember telling my friend i'm like that's ah, so weird i wonder how they made those noises and he was like yeah and they had to do 150 of them and i was like no i'm sure they did five and then the and he's like no dude like go back and listen and he was dead so dead set that i actually looked it up and is that and right it's 150 individual pokemon cries wow i'm sure maybe they changed the pitch on one of them a hundred times but... i mean let's not be too excited because a lot of them were just like yeah <laughs> yeah Kittle. if i'm like the amount of time they put into it fuck um i yeah i thought all the all that stuff like um all the sound effects and stuff like when you give your Pokeballs over to the nurse and that little tune that you hear. Ting, ting, ping, Yeah, all that stuff is just done really well. The music's really I loved good. the uh, Hyper Beam sound. It's a oh. sick sound. Dude, just the Hyper Beam move I love. It's like... I'm sure it shakes the screen when it, it goes like... Just the idea like your Pokemon is spent from that and now has to chill for a Unless second. Unless you kill them with it, then mm. you don't have to recharge. Which is sick. Yeah. Just the the adrenaline of killing the Pokemon just gets them right back up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's go into the last section. It's the legacy factor. I always talk about the replayability here. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one of the more replayable games I can think of. Um, like, I've beaten this game at least a dozen times, like, start to finish. Uh, and I, I could play it tomorrow, you know? I'd say one step beyond replayable is, as the years go on, I introduce it to more and more adults that never played Pokemon. Mm. I remember I introduced it to a friend a couple of years ago who had never seen it, and uh, I was visiting him on a cruise, So and he worked on this cruise, so he'd just been at sea for years, you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and so you need games, because the Wi-Fi is pretty trash on, on, on ships. So I brought my Game Boy with me, and, uh, and then he got into, like, he was like, oh, I'm going to get it. And then hearing an adult describe falling in love with Pokemon for the first time was joyous to me because he was just like yes everyone thinks they're mint till I get my Charmander out bang Ember dead you fucked it lad (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I love it man and it just it's it just works this uh there's a reason they've never changed the formula and probably for the worse at this point yeah um because the formula of this game just works so well it's like and I love that it all makes sense it's like the rock types are in the caves the water types are in the water it's not just fucking random like the you could imagine an ecosystem where these pokemon sort of live yeah and yeah yeah i i replay it often um so i'll I'll go a few months without playing it and then maybe i'll play two or three games back to back and then yeah i think that'll just continue i'm sure Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get some kids at some point try and indoctrinate them (laughs) <laughs> yeah for me the legacy this will always go down as the most important pokemon game that that came out because uh, it started it all i do prefer silver and gold i think i said that in the silver and gold episode i think it's the only time expanding the pokemon roster has helped the franchise yeah because it just added way more variables yeah it's it and it also it pays such homage to the first games as well it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't just uh, oh, let's let's do it again. It, it was like a, a love letter to the first ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, I think technically they are better games, but it's it, do you know what I mean? Like I said earlier on, it, it's easier to just improve on a you know a, a 
eight out of ten game than it is to go from zero to an eight out of ten. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I agree with that. And like I said, I think we went over the flaws on this game pretty well. I think like you know I'm wasn't going easy on it, um, but you know I'm going into it. It's like I said, I'm, if if you know exactly how the game's meant to be played, it's like okay, you can't be a bug catcher in this game. Sorry, the game wasn't designed for you to yeah. be able to roll with any Pokemon or whatever. But once you know what you're doing, you can have a really diverse team every single time you play. Yeah. I, like like I said, finding that Mankey and then having this badass 60 Primeape, I'm like, I never would have thought Primeape would be like a good addition to a team. It's a bad motherfucker. And you do that all the time with Pokemon. Like, take yeah. a shot on like a Lapras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that brings us to, I asked you... For one final, one top three, uh, you might give me more than three, but I want to know your all-time top three favorite Pokemon from the original 150. Okay, so we're talking about not necessarily Pokemon that you would favor in the game or that would even maybe make your squad, but are we just talking about your favorite Yeah, however you would describe your favorite. like, And, and maybe give me the reason what you like about them when you say it. You, you might, do your third, and then I'll do my third. I might say Kabutops. Kabutops? Is that the evolved the one? The evolved guy, yeah. With right. the scythe hands. Yeah. Just for the design alone. Yeah, people bring up Scyther for that reason, but I think he's way cooler. Dude, imagine Scyther in real life. He's a bug. He's just like paper. You could just throw a cushion <laughs> at him, and he would crumple. Yeah. He's a bug. Yeah, all of his limbs are fucking... He's basically like... Yeah, like a, a yeah, bug. Yeah, he's a bug. Uh, Kabutops. <laughs> Is like uh, what rock, is it's it rock, rock and like blade? Dude, that guy's cutting houses in half. <laughs> I even think the the one before Kabuto yeah. is sort of cool, like because it was like the it was just a shell and then a black inside with the, with the two red, red eyes. eyes. Yeah, it's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I have number three. I also went for the coolness factor. I think he's the coolest looking one in the game. Is Zapdos? Yeah. I don't know why. Just the lightning. It's simple. It's a lightning bird. Dude, and if you look at Moltres, it's got such a weak little face. It's got, like, Articuno's obviously effeminate, so it's not going to appeal to, like, a young lad like that we were. <clears> so we, we're going to pick Zapdos because it's got angry eyes and it's angular. But Moltres, like, who... No one likes Moltres. It's just such a mm-hmm. lame design. Just well, a chicken face. And on top of that, it's like, you think they only did it because they needed three rare birds, but, like, Zapdos is this cool abandoned power plant. You can sort of... In your own imagination, imagine what happened there. Like, oh, did they... Were they u- trying to use this thing for its electricity? Mm. And then he fucking fried everyone. And now he just, like, is the cock of the walk in this yeah, power plant. Yeah, Moltres is just sort of hanging out in that... In Victory, Victory Road. Road. Articuno's sort of semi-B mission, like, C4 Islands. Zapdos is, like, a- too aloof to even be part of the main storyline. Mm-hmm. But I'd say... I ditto with Articuno. I mean, you do have to go out of your way to get... Yeah. But Moltres, it's like, they didn't give the time... Like, they should have almost been, like, like an active volcano or something near Cinnabar Island. Because in the second generation, Cinnabar Island's destroyed by a volcano. Yeah. So it would have made sense to have, like, a little side area there where you find Moltres. Yeah, and all he had was fire spin, I'm pretty sure, as well. Mm. Which I know you say is, like, a valuable move, but it doesn't feel... Well, it's a piece of shit move. Yeah. So it's something a scumbag would do. <laughs> yeah. I just love the idea of, like, maybe inside every volcano, that's where Moltres, like, that's where it lives That'd or whatever. Be ten times cooler. Easy to do. Mm. Uh, that's just off the dome, though. Okay, oh, give me your number two. number two. I'm going to say Gengar. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I consider getting a Gengar tattoo as a youth, and I'm sort of glad I didn't. But I think it's maybe the best Pokemon tattoo that you could get, right? Because mm. it, it transcends 
Pokemon, like some Pokemon look like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You know, that they'll even be um, beings, creatures from other franchises, like a monster rancher, I think it was called, or Digimon, that look a bit like Pokemon. And Gengar, although it does look like a Pokemon, it sort of could be from any anime. It's just a ghoul spirit mm-hmm. kind of guy, isn't it? When I love, like, the more... Because Ghastly, you're just a ball of gas. Yeah. And then Haunter sort of becomes a ghost with Still the floating cool. hands. And then Gengar, it's like finally a realized, like... Actual with the form. Cheshire cat face. Yeah, it's almost like he's evolving out of nothingness into like an actual demon with his own form, and I think that's so. There's something cool about him. And he's mischievous. Mm. It's like, uh, d- did he have Dreamcatcher or was that just Hypno or Dream Eater? Dream Eater. No, it was Gengar. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, if, yeah, you'd have to put him to sleep first, but he had hypnosis also. The biggest bitch in this game, man, Confuse Ray. Oh, dude, it was like it must have had like an eighty percent success. Could once. you heal it with full heal though? Uh, I don't know. I don't think you can with confusion because it never changed your stat. Oh, so annoying. Um, and I don't mean it had a hundred percent success rate when you cast it, but I meant like once someone's confused, it felt like they hit themselves like eighty percent of the time. It wasn't even like a fifty-fifty. Yeah, man, that was a bitch. Um, but yeah, Gengar is a great one. For my number two, I, I we had to bring him up in this podcast at some point. I go for the big bad, the Snorlax. Yeah. Uh, love them. I just love the lore in the anime. I thought it was like an actual great episode. Yeah. The one where he's like, because I, I love in any RPG when, like, there's probably a list of a million of them, and I wish I could just pick through the list and see the best of uh, when you're not meant to get to a certain point in the game, they'll have a roadblock. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's as easy as a guard being like, sorry, it's closed. But they made it a Pokemon. But in this one, it was like a Pokemon. Yeah. And you didn't know how you were meant to wake him up or that you could even really. And sometimes a difficult guy to beat as well. Mm. Or catch. Mm. The rest thing. Well, and that's the thing with these, like, with the legendary Pokemon. I guess he technically is a legendary, although I think there's two of them in this game. Yeah, he's like semi-legendary, right? Mm. But it's your one chance to get him. Mm-hmm. Like, if you accidentally kill him, you get a, bu- a bunch of EXP, but you lose that Pokemon. Like, if you kill one of these birds, they are gone from the game forever yeah and so it makes the stakes just so high and what a wicked tank when you get him as well Mm. if you've got snorlax then you basically will always be able to have him out last and then revive all your pokemon and he's just gonna get chipped away out like no one's gonna one hit kill snorlax yeah that's the one i was talking about how important speed was but snorlax is the exception to that rule he can take like any kind of hit on anyone Mm -hmm. and because he's normal i don't even think normal or super effective against anything uh, super effective against or or, or anything super fighting, weak. fighting types are good against him right 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 yeah. but his defense is sky high mm-hmm. and he can just rest and his hp is sky high and then as a kid i'm sure everyone knows this now and but as a kid no one ever knew that you could poker flute people back awake mm-hmm. in the battle oh can you you didn't know this i still. didn't even know that dude you can if someone's asleep so instead of like wait until they wake up or full heal or whatever you can get a free poker flute just hit poke flute in the battle and it'll go. And he comes back to. <laughs> he wakes up. That's crazy. Does it work with any Pokemon or just Snorlax? All Pokemon. That's a crazy. I wish I knew that. Um, yeah, Snorlax is a sick one, man. Yeah, and just having the poker flute. The whole thing rules. Yeah. It, can, it can learn so many moves as well. Mm. Fire Blast, Blizzard, Ice Beam. Yeah, Blizzard. I, I do love the idea too that, like, 
it says that when you wake it up, he's pissed because he's being woken <laughs> up, and that's how the battle starts. It is like, what the fuck? One. Like, yeah, a lot of them are starting off with an animal being like the oh, and then and then you get weird ones like let's start with I don't know a magnet, let's make a Pokemon like a magnet. <laughs> Snorlax's whole thing is that it's just fat and lazy, yeah, asleep and fat. It's a giant bear essentially. Yeah, he's great. All right, give me your number one. Oh right? god, I didn't really uh, come up with a good number one. Um. And I don't, I don't want to... Your other two are good. Maybe it's a hacky one to pick, but I might go Mewtwo. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't think that's hacky. Because I'm sure it's just like, yeah, Mewtwo, well hard. Because you catch him such a high level, he's got Psychic, you know, his stats are in, insane. I think Charizard is the only hack answer. Or maybe okay. Pikachu. <laughs> maybe Pikachu. What if I'd have gone Raichu? Raichu's so I def- defendable. I think Raichu's like a cool... You know, like uh, unlockable skin for Pikachu. That's what Raichu looks like to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Mewtwo. I like the story behind him. You know, he's got this terrible secret past. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like his. Well, and I love in Cinnabar Island. You can find the lab where they accidentally made him, mm-hmm. and it's like it's almost like a Resident Evil thing where like there's these old journals that are just telling the fucked up story. And it turns out he escaped from the lab and he's just living in seclusion. Yeah. So And it's sort of almost sad. It's like he yeah, never wanted sad. to be made anyway. And he's this ultimate powerful, dangerous thing. And he's just like, fuck off. I just want to live in this cave. And I love the design on him because he sort of looks like not cool. Like Charizard looks like a dragon, right? Mm-hmm. Mewtwo's like, well, he's got like testicle fingers and like some weird face. And, and the, the ventricle from his, the back of his yeah, head to his back. Yeah, he's a weird looking dude. Yeah. No, Mewtwo's a great one, man. And obviously, like, you, it would just end up on your team just because his stats are He's so... He's the only one that can speak. Mm. So it's like, uh, oh, well, Meowth can speak. I think Lapras can sort of speak tele- uh, telepathically, but Mewtwo's just like, I never asked to exist. Mm-hmm. It's like dark, man, for a, for a kid's thing. Mine number one, the big bad. I love him. Mr. Mime. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know why. I, ever since I was a kid and I first saw him, just the idea cracked me up. I'm like, they just made a mime of Pokemon. Yeah. And Much better in the cartoon than the game, though. Because mm-hmm. in the cartoon, you can make invisible walls that you cannot pass. Whereas in the game, it's just, oh, I've got barrier rubbish. Yeah. Uh, in the anime, too, he's like a- Ash's mom's like, slave. Slave, essentially. Yeah. Do you reckon she bangs him? Uh, I think she does. I mean, Ash doesn't have a dad there. You've just reminded me from uh, like anthropomorphic Pokemon. Honorable mention for Electabuzz, I think, is a cool. Oh, Electabuzz Pokemon. is sick. Uh, but hey, we're, we've gone, you know, an hour 20 here. Pretty respectable. Um... And I think I'm all pokemon out. I'm out of stuff to talk about with Pokemon Blue. I appreciate you giving me the, the opportunity to uh, come and speak about Pokemon for so long because normally this would be a social faux pas to just like speak <laughs> at length about something that I'm into. Yeah, that's why I like this podcast. There's No no one's forcing you to listen. So if you want to hear people talk about Pokemon for an hour 20, this is now an outlet for you. Maybe tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, yeah, when does this drop? Do we know? Uh, it's going to be Monday. Sweet, so, um, yeah, just go and check out, I've got a a podcast maybe called, uh, well, not maybe, I definitely do have a podcast, but (laughs) maybe check it out, it's called Pretend Ship, it's not comedy, Um, we just, it's like humorous, how would you describe it, we're not going for laughs necessarily. It's like good chat, man. Just chatting. Good sit-down chat with good quality production. Just some, yeah, the the producky is there, um, and it's just a nice little bit of, I don't know, if you're lonely and you want a little bit of companionship. That's what it's good for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, I'd also love to plug Jokes at the Oaks. Oh yeah, thank you. 
Uh, that's my show if you're in Manchester every Tuesday. And I am, of course, Jordan Ducharme. Uh, if you listen to this, you might know who I am. You might not. Follow me at FunnyJordanD on social media and G-O-I-L Pod on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Guys, thanks for listening. Let me know what you think, and we'll talk to you next week. See you later.